podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. As an educator, you've been leading students to grow, learn, and achieve for years. Take your passion to the next level by earning your doctoral degree in education online at Grand Canyon University. Become a change agent and help identify emerging trends in K-12 education. Develop innovative solutions and make measured improvements. What do you think making a difference in education looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cop Table podcast where tonight we are previewing the Liverpool versus Chelsea game this coming Wednesday evening at Anfield, the night when Jordan Henderson will be lifting the Premier League trophy after the game. So once again joining me is Jay Riley. You can catch Jay on Twitter at the Cop HQ if you want to give him a follow on there. Also with us on uh, every podcast that we do on the Cop Table. So Thanks again, Jay. How are you? Yeah, just uh, all gearing up now for this celebration on Wednesday night. You know, it's been a long time coming. We've waited 30 long, hard years, really. We've had a few near misses over the years, haven't we, where we potentially could have won it. And, you know, this this has been a long time coming, really. And this season, I think from December, January time onwards, we've really had that belief that it was always going to happen. And, it's a strange situation because it's been a strange season, really, with all the COVID-19 issues and the season had to be halted for a little bit. And, you know, we were a little bit nervous, weren't we, really, in case the end of the season prematurely. And we were obviously robbed of this opportunity to win the title. But thankfully, things got sorted and you know Liverpool have become champions. And Wednesday night, it's just going to be unbelievable scenes, really, to get our hands finally on that Premier League trophy. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's very exciting to look forward to. It's going to be uh, emotional for a few people as well. It's going to be a very, uh, very emotional night, I think. So just looking uh, back before we, we head to the to the Chelsea game and, and the, the celebration issues, Jay, we had a game against the Arsenal, didn't we? And um wasn't the best of performance, was a couple of mistakes from, from Allison and, and Van Dijk and led Arsenal into the game and I think Liverpool have pretty much took the foot off the gas, haven't they? And they're sort of playing the season out now, champions and obviously the, the points record was there to be taken, but obviously we can't take that now and I think it's just the case of Liverpool want to want to get to this Wednesday night, don't we, and list this trophy and then play the final game against Newcastle and, and look forward to next season then and hopefully we can go on another uh, title charge. But just before, um, I'd like to get your your thoughts on the, the performance against Arsenal, please, Jay. Well, it's like I said on the previous podcast and pretty much most podcasts since we won the title, it's very difficult to sort of predict how the games are going to go and you can't really expect the players to have the same type of intensity levels and concentration levels really either because, yeah, I know the professional footballers and 
of course there were still other aims there, wasn't he? We've talked about the personal accolades of Mo Salah wanting to get a hat-trick of golden boots. We've talked about Alisson wanting to get his second, you know, his consecutive golden glove for the most clean sheets. And we've also spoken about Liverpool trying to get 100 points and the record points tally and winning every single home game. And it just, you know, it just hasn't really been able to to win out that way for us I mean obviously drawing against Burnley ruined the, the opportunity to win every single home game now you know the defeat to Arsenal has, has stopped us from becoming Centurions and getting the record points tally um, Mo Salah's missed quite a few chances really hasn't he in his last couple of games certainly should have scored one or two more against Burnley um, and Arsenal to give himself a little bit of a chance to catch Jamie Vardy um, but he's four behind now with two games to go, and it's it's not totally over, but it's highly unlikely that he's going to get four, maybe five goals in these last two games now, and he really has only got himself to blame because he's missed some sitters really in the last couple of games, and you know it all started in the game against Brighton, really didn't it, at the very end when he should have scored a hat trick with his header, and he missed it, and then ever since then he's just missed too many chances really to to really threaten Vardy for the golden boots. Um, and as regards Alisson, I mean, he'll be kicking himself really because you know we made a mistake, didn't he, against Arsenal, and so did Van Dijk. And this is the thing: it's you know Liverpool against Burnley control the game should have been four or five nil up before Burnley scored, and and similar again against Arsenal. I mean, you can't really criticise the performance too much in both games. I mean. People are raving about Arsenal under Arteta because they backed that win against Liverpool up by beating Man City. But Liverpool absolutely murdered Arsenal. They had 31% possession. I think they had three shots. Liverpool had 23 shots. You know, Liverpool absolutely controlled the game, dominated it. Um, you know, maybe the intensity levels weren't there, but Liverpool certainly had opportunities. They certainly should have scored a lot more goals. Um, even with 20 minutes to go, it was like a siege mentality. You know, Arsenal were defending for their lives. And to be fair, they did dig in well and they've been criticised in the past for being soft-centred, being a bit gutless. And I did say on the previous podcast, I've seen signs under Arteta that they've certainly developed a backbone, a little bit more of a spine. And you know, they still make a few mistakes. They've still got calamitous players in Mustafi and David Luiz and Socrates and Xhaka and Kalasanach. They're still a shambles, but they've, they've minimised their errors that they make now. They don't make them as often. They, you know, they're few and far between a lot more now. And, and I also did say, on the previous podcast, if you look back to over time of Arteta being in charge, the they've not lost as many games. They've, they've drawn quite a few and won a few, but they haven't lost that many games, really, to tell you the truth. And, you know, they have changed a little bit under Arteta, so credit to him for that. But let's be perfectly honest, Liverpool should have put three or four past them last week. And it was just a very, very frustrating game, really. We weren't clinical enough. We didn't take our chances. Very frustrating, wasn't it? And as I say, it doesn't help when you make the mistakes, the kind of, you know, incredible mistakes, like like collector's items, really. I don't know what Van Dijk was doing. He tried to claim it was a bit of a foul on him, put him off balance, but no, it was just a shock and, you know, back pass by him and, and you know, there's no way it was going to get over real with VAR. It was just a collector's item, bad mistake by Van Dijk. And then Alisson makes a mistake that he very rarely does as well. So, you know, you two, we've got probably, what, five or six world-class players in this Liverpool team and squad. And they're certainly two of them 
and both of them made mistakes, you know, in, in close succession in the first half. And, you know, Arsenal from being absolutely totally dominated when in at half time, two on up and had something to hold on to second half. And that's exactly what they did do. I think they had one shot in the second half and it was just like the Alamo, really. Liverpool just bombarded them with, you know, control the game. Didn't create loads of chances, really. We had a lot of shots, but not really great. We never really worked the keeper enough for me. It was a bit frustrating from that aspect. But like I say, we lost the game and we never deserved to lose the game. You know, Liverpool should have won it comfortably, but... It is what it is, and you know we ended up did losing the game, and it was you know disappointing. Means we can't now get a hundred points, but it is what it is, and you know the main focus is that Liverpool are going to be getting this Premier League title on Wednesday night, and we have to move on now. And you know Chelsea's a big game coming up. We all know what Chelsea are about. They're going for top four still, but you know we have to put this game against Arsenal to bed now, and all the focus is on this. You know this presentation night of when we had the Premier League trophy, but you know we've still we've got a game of football first and foremost. Yeah, we'll, we will move on to the uh, to the Chelsea game shortly, Jay. But just one or two other things that's um, come out into the into the press today. You've got the news that Curtis Jones has been uh, his squad number has been changed from forty eight to seventeen. I think it is so. Obviously, that that says to me that he's going to be a, a lot more involved with the with the first team squad next season. Obviously, Lalan is going to be moving on. So, do you think now this is the, the the perfect opportunity for for Curtis Jones to push on next season and and stake his claim for a for a regular place in the team? Well, yeah, you know he's only a young boy, isn't he? And there's a bright future there for him. Signed a long term contract. I think it was a five year deal. So. It's obvious that the club's got high hopes for him and Jürgen Klopp does like him. And we've spoken about it on the podcast in the past when Steven Gerrard was at the club a few years ago. He, he was raving about him. He, he loved him. You know, he, he said he's going to make it at Liverpool. And, you know, at this moment in time, the signs are all good, aren't they, that he will make it. And I think it is a, a good indication, really, by getting a, a lower squad number, shall we say, that there is certainly going to be more opportunities for him in the squad, the match day squad, and maybe the starting 11 at times next season. Um, we've said that about him time and time again, though, haven't we? He's got this arrogance about him, like a swagger, like a scout swagger, where you just know he's got something there where in his makeup, really, that you know he's got a future at the club. Um, and sometimes, you know, you need that in life. You know, you can't be... A wallflower, can you? You've got to have a bit of character about you and uh, like mm. a bit of tenacity, and that's what he seems to have. And it's not just about that, though, his character. He is a good footballer, he's really composed on the ball as well. Got an eye for goal, creative player, his link plays good. You know, he's got all the hallmarks of a, of a future star for Liverpool, really. And, you know, I think this is testament to how well he's impressed Jürgen Klopp so far by you know signing a new long term deal and also getting you know a new squad number which does suggest that he's got a massive future ahead of him at the club yeah most definitely like you say he has got that that little bit of arrogance about him and Jurgen Klopp's alluded to that hasn't he a few times he said he's he's a very confident boy without without being cocky if you like and there's a fine line in between that but Curtis Jones seems to to have that right balance and hopefully he can he can push on next season and, and get himself a, a regular first team squad place but yeah just one other thing um, that we can talk about Jay is the there's a link 
with uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain moving away from the club this week, I don't, don't think it was from many um, reputable sources, shall we say, but there was one, a few, uh, one or two few links saying that uh, there was a possible move to West Ham in the pipeline. Um, would that surprise you if, if Chamberlain was to be moved on by the club? Possibly, because I think Jürgen Klopp really likes him and he, he's just, he suffered, didn't he, with a really bad injury and since he's came back, he just doesn't really look the same player to me. I know he's a goal threat from midfield, which Liverpool do lack and he has scored a few goals for us this season, but I, to me, I just don't know whether he's quite good enough. I, I, it, I don't know whether it's the injury that's that's really like affected him and he just, I think sometimes the game passes him by far too much for my liking needs to be involved in the game a lot more and when he plays out on the left or out on the right when we've got issues in the forward three you might as well not be on the pitch if you're going to play him he's got to play centrally but the problem is is he really quite good enough to be a regular to play week in week out centrally I'm not so sure he is to be perfectly honest because Jordan Henderson's come on leaps and bounds last couple of years we've seen the importance when he's not in the team to what he has on this team, the influence he has. Um, Fabinho is the best defensive midfield player in the world for me. He's absolutely sensational when he's on it. Earlier on this season, from August till he got the injury in November time, the Champions League home to Napoli, he was absolutely outstanding. And then when he when he was out for, I think it was eight weeks, he, he returned and his form was totally off for about six games. He really struggled to find the level that he was at before his injury. But then since we've come back to restart, he's been brilliant again. He's an absolute monster in the middle of the park. He protects that back four superbly well. But he also he's good on the ball as well and gets around the pitch great. You know, he sets the tempo. He, he's fantastic. So straight away, they're two shoe-ins to start in the midfield area for me when you're choosing your, your best 11 or in the big games so then you're looking at who else you, you play there now it's notorious the way Klopp likes his midfielders to be he likes the work ethic and that's why if you look back to the 2018 Champions League run and the final James Milner played in there a lot with Gini Wijnaldum Obviously, Fabinho was then signed and he played there all the time with Jordan Henderson on the, on the run to the Champions League final. And obviously, he played in Madrid and Gini Wijnaldum played. James Milner dropped out of the midfield. And in all that time, we've had Oxley chamberlain we've had Naby Keita, and they've never really sort of established themselves as a regular player in the midfield area of this Liverpool team week in, week out. It's just the style of midfield player that Jurgen Klopp likes. And I don't know. I mean, you look at uh, Curtis Jones and if he's going to get more opportunities next season then they could be at the detriment of maybe Oxlade-Chamberlain who might not get as many, as, as many games next season if, if Curtis Jones goes on a little bit of a run gains a bit of momentum gets a bit of confidence in the first team starts being instrumental in scoring goals and assisting um, so you, you never know there could be a possibility in it um, you know he's obviously a Southerner, isn't he? Oxley Chamberlain is a London boy. So maybe if there is potential there for, for a London club to come in, to, in for him, I know you said there about West Ham, then potentially, yeah, I, I could see maybe that they could have legs in it. But in all honesty, though, I can't see it happening. I think he will get at least another season because he's hard to judge this season because of the injury he had. It was a really, really bad injury. And, you know, he was out of football for a long time. And, 
it does take time to get back to what you were. And he's still got age on his side. He's not that old, is he really? Is he 20, 27, 28 or something? So I still think there's another year there to give him to just see if he can bed down that, you know, week in, week out, regular place in the Liverpool team. But, I mean, that, to me, I still think the jury's out on him. I think he's he's been okay. We paid thirty five million pounds for him. He's been an okay signing, but he hasn't really pulled up any threes, has he? For me, and you know, it's just one of them situations. If someone comes in with with a good offer for him, I think there is potential for us to consider it. But in all honesty, I think he'll get at least another twelve months at the club. Yeah, like you say, he did have that um, that awful injury against Roma, didn't he? Where he was out for for over twelve months, and I think it was his ACL and his his PCL, which is two massive pieces of your knee, if you like. But that that's being damaged, and he's, he's had to have operations on. So I think he gets a lot of uh, the benefits of the doubt, if you like, when he's when he's playing these games this season, especially due to that that layoff. But I think you're right. Yeah, he, he does need to um, sort of stamp his authority on games and and on the team, if you like. Otherwise, there there is the potential uh, for he, he's a player who you get decent money for, wouldn't you? So yeah, I think you say yeah. Uh, it's a big season for him if he does stay in it. If not, then um, we would wish him all the best and hopefully we, we'd get a decent fee for him. But yeah, that one um, that one's up in the air, isn't it? So we'll we'll see what happens with the uh, Oxlade Chamberlain in the in the future and, and this summer. So moving on to the Chelsea game on Wednesday night, Jay. The night when we we finally after thirty years we're gonna lift that that Premier League trophy. The the podium, if you like, has been built on the cop, hasn't it? It's it's ready to go. So just give us your your thoughts on um, on how you think the game will go, and then your your thoughts on the celebrations that's going to be going on after the game, please, Jay. Well, look, it, it's going to be a tough game because Chelsea. We've played them a few times this season. It all started back in August when we played them in the Super Cup in Istanbul and. They gave us a fright, really. They took the lead, didn't they, in the first half? And they were all over us, to tell you the truth. We were at sixes and sevens at the back, and Pulisic caused us a lot of problems, really. And they had a goal disallowed that would have made it 2 0. And, you know, we went in a half time, fortunately, just 1 0 down. And we came out second half, and it was a different game, really. And Sadio Mane equalised, and the game ended up going to extra time. And he put us 2 1 up, and then they got a dodgy penalty, didn't he? Made it two all and ends up going, you know, to, to penalty shootout. And Tabby Abraham missed the, the vital penalty in Liverpool won the Super Cup. And you knew then, straight away, this was a, a young Chelsea side, but a dangerous Chelsea side who not the not the best defensively, but a lot of dangerous players in the forward areas. And and pretty much I would say that that's continued from August at the start of the season, right the way throughout this campaign. It's what's let them down because I do think they're a good side. They've got some really good young players and a nice mix, really, with experienced players of middle of the park with Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic, but all, and obviously William as well. But then they've got the young players of Mason Mount, uh, Tammy Abraham. Obviously, they've got Giroud as well, another experienced player. Um, Hudson Adoy, another young player. They've got a, a nice blend, really, but I just think defensively they're very suspect. And that's been their problem this season because they have looked very dangerous at times, but they've shipped goals. And, you know, you don't even have to look at the recent form, really. I mean, they lost 3 0 away to Sheffield United, which was, was, I know Sheffield United not a bad side, but, you know, that's an absolute hiding when they're going for top four, isn't it? 
Um, so it's been a little bit up and down for them, but then they also, you know, beat Manchester City, didn't they, at home two one, which effectively won, won Liverpool a title. So you know, they're, they're a strange sort of team. That it's a bit of a mixed bag. You don't really know what you're going to get from them. Um, but they have got some very good players, and I certainly think moving forward into next season with some of the signings that they've made and what they're making, they're going to be threats. I mean. That Zayat from Ajax looked a good player in the Champions League, didn't he, the season before last? Um, of course, they've got Timo Werner, a player of Liverpool, had tracked for some time, who does look full of goals. And I know I've said about him in the past that I think he misses more than he scores. And I'm not 100% convinced he's that good, to be honest. But he's, he's good enough, though, isn't he? He's going to score goals. There's no doubt about it in that type of team that creates a lot of chances. He will get opportunities and, you know, there's no doubt he will score goals. It's just, was he quite good enough to start in this Liverpool team? And I would always say no. But would I want him as a squad player? The answer would probably be yes. So, you know, it's a lot of Liverpool fans be very disappointed that he's ended up at Chelsea because obviously Liverpool was, you know, the, the, a team that, you know, were after him or linked with him anyway. So there's all, all the signs were there that Liverpool might have been going to make a, a bid for him. But I think we just basically got priced out of it. Um, and Chelsea just money bags, aren't they? We're having the Hazard money and also having the Maratta sale money, which they never spent last summer because, you know, obviously they had a transfer ban. So it's easier for them to sign these players. And now, if you're adding to the mix Kai Havertz, who they're meant to be linked with as well, mm. you know, it's game changing, isn't it? Because he looks a very good player as well. So, you know, they could be threats next season. But Going into this game, I mean, it's it's as I've said time and time again on the podcast since we've won the league, it's difficult to predict Liverpool because of the intensity levels. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, it's the last home game of the season. We get the trophy after the 90 minutes and it'd be great to sign off with, with a victory with three points. But Liverpool are not playing for anything now, whereas Chelsea are playing for top four still. And they're in a real battle, aren't they, with Leicester and Manchester United for it. So, you know, a lot more riding on this game for Chelsea. The only thing you can say is they've just played an FA Cup semi-final at Wembley against yeah. Manchester United and it could have taken a lot out of them. I mean, I know they won the game, so they'll be happy about that. They'll be buoyant going into this game. Um, the tails will be up but you know obviously Liverpool have had a lot longer to prepare for this game and sometimes in football it goes a long way doesn't it when you've got more preparation time if you like Um, but then there's the flip side isn't it when your team's confident and you get a win the momentum builds so it's a very difficult game to predict I, I think there'll be goals in it and a lot of goals in it as well pure and simply because both teams are entertaining, as I said before, when we played them in the Super Cup, but also when we played them at Stamford Bridge in September, Liverpool raced into a 2-0 lead. They pulled one back with about 20 minutes to go and we were hanging on at the end. It could have been another 2-2 game. Um, so, like I say, I do expect goals in this game. I really do, because they can cause us problems. I mean, they beat us in the FA Cup 2-0. They, they could have put four or five past us, to be honest, that night. But then Liverpool had loads of chances ourselves. Um, Sadio Mane missed a couple if memory serves me right that night as well before they actually went 1-0 up in the game and then I think Ross Barkley scored a beauty didn't he to make it 2-0 to end the game but like yeah. I say th- th- there is goals in, in both sides and you know they can cause us problems and we can obviously cause them problems as well because I've touched on I don't think they're great at the back at all really I think 
Aspilicueta's probably arguably their best defender, but he's had better days for me. His legs have gone a little bit. I think Kurt Zuma's terrible. Alonso's a good attacking fullback, but he's not really great defensively. I think Rudiger's a good centre-half, but he's a bit rash at times, so they can certainly be got at, and it could be a game that get, gets stretched you know, end-to-end. So I am looking forward to an entertaining game, but in terms of, you know, do I think Liverpool sign off with a win? As I say, there's more riding on it for Chelsea and they are a very good side. I mean, Willian always tends to play well against Liverpool as well. I think he's a very good player. So he's a threat. He's, he's one to watch for them as well. So, you know, I, I'm expecting an entertaining game, but, you know, I'm not too sure if we'll win the game. OK, Jay. So, yeah, obviously we spoke about the game there. So after the game finishes it's all going to come to uh, to a conclusion isn't it 30 years of waiting we're finally going to lift the uh, the trophy after all that time and like you said before lots of near misses especially the, the one with Gerard and and they, ironically it was against Chelsea when he when he slipped and and they got the uh, the victory in that game at Anfield and and now we're going to be lifting the trophy when we when we play against them in the evening so yeah just um, apparently the the club as well has, has got a a real spectacular show to put on for for all fans on on Wednesday night. There's a lot of work on into it behind the scenes and um, expecting expecting big things from from the from the scenes obviously and and what's gonna go go ahead on Wednesday. But just uh, just give us your own thoughts on what it means to you after the, all this time and what's it what are you gonna feel like when you see Henderson lift that trophy, Joe? Look, it's been. Such a long time. I mean, I've had a season ticket now at Liverpool for, I think it's 27 years. So in all that time, I've never seen us win the league. And, you know, when we last won the league, I was, I think it was 10 or 11. Um, and I celebrated with a chip balm and a can of cherry coke. I've said it numerous times in the past. This time <laughs> it'll be a little bit different because obviously I'm old enough to be able to drink now. So, you know, it's going to be a party on Wednesday. There's no doubt about that. You know, plenty of pyro and fireworks and, you know, celebrations are going to go on long into the night. And, you know, it's just something that I, I, I think back to last season when we got 97 points. And I remember being in the cop against Wolves when we went 1-0 up and City were 1-0 down to Brighton. And I actually was nearly in tears because I thought, I, I went to the game that day not really expecting to win the league purely because I didn't really think Brighton would, would be able to stop City. But for literally five minutes, the belief was there. If I mean, it, it was crazy. It was like pockets around the stadium who, who, who knew that Brighton were winning 1-0. And Liverpool obviously scored through Manny to go 1-0. And, and, and I, honestly, for, for literally five minutes, I thought, we're going to do this. And it was close to tears. Because it's you know that was twenty nine years ahead, and like mm. as I say, that I'm, I'm looking back to that now. I never thought we'd be in this position because I thought, how can you get ninety seven points, lose only one game of football, and still not win the league? To me, yeah. that was an absolute freak last season. So to win the European Cup was absolutely special. What we done in Madrid because you thought, well, you know what. We're probably never going to win the league because if we don't win again 97 points and losing only one game, then what's the next best thing? Win the European Cup. And that's exactly what they've done. And 
to win it last year after losing it the year before and Kiev showed the mentality of this group of players, this squad, you know, the manager, everything about the, about them, you know, fantastic. So going into this season, <laughs> is it any surprise that we won the league? It shouldn't have been to anyone because the, the spirit, the, the unbelievable, you know, words cannot mm. describe just how special this group of players are. Every single one of them to a man you know, club legends, no matter what, they've all played their part. And, you know, to, to be honest with you, it, it's it's been a long time coming this season because, as I said before, you know, around December time, probably the night we beat Leicester, yeah. 4-0 away from home, that to me showed a sign of champions because we'd just been, basically, to, to play in a faraway country. Yeah. in Qatar to win the Club World Cup and you know all the travelling involved and you know you would have thought of the fatigue and stuff and to go to Leicester who I think was second in the table at the time and totally dismantled them destroyed them I mean it was 4-0 they were lucky it was 4-0 it could have been 6-7-8 we absolutely murdered them that night was probably our best performance of the season we were fantastic and that was the night really deep down in your heart where you thought we're going to win the league and after that we had a tricky spell in January of games where we were away to Wolves and away to Tottenham and we just come through them we just beat them we just won all of our games I think we won seven on the spin in January we were absolutely outstanding and you knew we, we were going to win the league. You know, the, the, the amount of, the gap that we created, mm. you know, from ourselves to Manchester City was, they were never, ever going to claw it back. Um, and as I say, even a worldwide pandemic still hasn't stopped us, <laughs> you know, COVID-19 and, you know, the amount of clubs, the embarrassments, clubs, fans of other clubs wanting the season null and void because they just couldn't handle the fact that Liverpool were basically going to win the league were going to be Premier League title winners going to be champions yeah. of England and they just couldn't handle it and you know sensibility prevailed we've resumed the season, Liverpool have won the league now and you know just can't wait for this on Wednesday night to get this trophy, you know the only sad thing about it is we've waited such a long time and as I said before that we season take over 27 years I'm not going to be in the stadium to, to witness it properly. And that um, is, you know, it, it, that's the sad element to it. But there's just nothing else we can do. You've just got to try and enjoy it the best other possible way that you can. And that's try and be around all the people that mean the most to you, whether that be family members, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, you know, your, your best mates, the lads you go to match with. Just try and be with the people that mean the most to you and, and enjoy the moments. And, I've seen um, statements come out today from the club and from Spirit of Shankly and from the Merseyside police trying to plead with fans to not congregate at the ground and stuff mm. and do what happened the night we won it um, on that Thursday when City lost to Chelsea. But it's impossible to, to, for it to not happen because the thing is, back then we were still in a lockdown. Now the pubs are open. You know, people are... are things are different now to what they were a month ago so yeah. it's inevitable people are going to congregate around the ground and people just need to be sensible with it but how can you tell a group of fans that haven't won a title for 30 years to, to not do this and not do that it's it's impossible you know what you've got to consider is Liverpool are not just people from Liverpool Scousers don't just support Liverpool you've got to consider Liverpool have a, a fan base 
from all over the UK and all around the world and Europe, whatever, far, these faraway countries. But you can't tell me people who live in London or Birmingham or whatever other part of England, I'm sorry, but they never really got the opportunity to come to Anfield when we, we initially won the title on that Thursday night because obviously they'd be in their own right, cities. Yeah. Now, it's been common knowledge that the Chelsea games, the night we're going to lift the trophy. So it, there's absolutely guaranteed fans from other cities are going to, Liverpool fans from other cities are going to be coming towards to Liverpool and to Anfield on, on Wednesday night. It's just whether it rightly or wrongly, it's going to happen. Whether people like it or not, it's going to happen. I mean, you have to look at Leeds, become champions um, of the championship, got promoted to the Premier League and look at the the, the scenes that you, you witnessed in, in Leeds City Centre and Leeds outside Ellen Rose, you know, mm. it's inevitable it's going to happen. Um, you know, you just got, we've just got to try and be sensible with it. It's just one of them things. It's going to happen whether people like it or, you know, condone it or not. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. Um, but like I say, it, it, I think the club are trying their best, aren't they, to, to put a little bit of effort and money into it where they've, they've built a, a, like a stage, like a podium on the cop, took away some of the seats uh, and, you know, there's a podium there for Liverpool to to get the trophy and get their medals and, you know, there's going to be a lot of pyro and fireworks display and, you know, it's, it, it is, you know, we've had a lot of time to prepare for it so, they're going to try and make the most of a, a bad situation, really, because the fans are not going to be there to be able to witness it inside the stadium. So they're going to make a spectacle of it on, on you know, on, on the television screens and what have you. So we'll all be able to witness it in our own homes or in pubs around the grounds or pubs in Liverpool City Centre or wherever you live nearby. So, you know, you just got to make the most of a bad situation. But listen, this is 30 years ahead and, you know, it's going to be very emotional because... As I said before, going back to that Wolves game last season, I was nearly in tears and that was for five minutes. So when reality hits home and this group of players and Jordan Henderson gets his hands on that trophy and he does a shuffle and lifts it aloft, you know, this is this is what all our dreams, this is what you've waited for for such a long, long time and nobody can take this away from us. You know, it's going to be a special moment, a special occasion and, and I simply can't wait for it because, you know, We've waited 30 long, hard years and winning European Cups, I mean, fantastic. You know, I, I've been to Istanbul, I've been to Athens, I've been to Kiev, I've been to Madrid, seeing us win two, seeing us, you know, lose two. And, and the feeling when you win them is just incredible. The feeling when you lose, you feel suicidal. And that's how important it is, this, this football club is to you. And, you know, you look and think, you, you grow up with like my dad and my uncles and, you know, like the older generation, they, they tell you, you know, how, how great it was, like in, you know, like the 70s and 80s and Liverpool winning European Cups, but they were winning league titles all the time as well. And, you know, I wanted to experience that because, you know, when you're a kid, you don't, it's it's not the same as, as an experience something in your adult years. So, you know, Istanbul meant a lot to me because I'd listened to all the stories of Liverpool winning you know, European Cups and league titles. And th that was the first big one for me, really, when, when we were in Istanbul. That was like, you know, that was my time then. And, you know, obviously, I've not seen us win the league in my adult years, and this is the first time now. So, you know, it's something that you, you're always going to remember. You're never going to forget it. And it, it's massively important. So, you know, it's just, 
this is big. It really is big. I mean, the only downside for me is all season, you know, when you thought you were going to win the league, it was like, oh, you know, I'm going to probably go on the biggest bend that I've ever been on, go missing for days, go missing for a week. And, you know, obviously in these COVID-19 times, it's, it's, it's a bit different, isn't it? Because, you know, it's not the same as it normally would be. But, you know, I don't think anyone can take this away from us this moment. It's going to be special on Wednesday night when we get that trophy and, you know, let's all just enjoy it because, like I say, the two biggest trophies that you can win in club football are the European Cup and be champions of your own country and be league title winners. And that's exactly what Liverpool are going to do. And Wednesday night when we get that trophy, it's going to be a very, very special moment. Certainly is, Jay, yeah. And, and like you say, it's... Uh... It's probably a blessing in this blessing in disguise, isn't it? Really, that um, that the fans are not going to be be able to go and as it's uh, it's probably saved a good few uh, marriages and a good few relationships, haven't it? With uh, with these people not being able to go out and and go on week long benders and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic atmosphere around the city, around people's. Houses around around the places of the city, everywhere on Merseyside. Really, yeah, it's it's going to be buzzing, isn't it? With the with the fact that we're going to be living lifting that trophy on Wednesday evening, and, and like you say, a very very special moment for a lot of people who've who've waited a long time for this to happen. And yeah, I think uh, it's there's going to be one of one or two tears shed from from a lot of people. So yeah, can't wait for it myself on on Wednesday night and. Um, yeah, and on that point, what we're gonna do, we we usually, well, we've played music on on the podcast in the past. We we've tended to to not play as much recently. Something we might look into going back into um, next season or something like that. But just for this uh, special occasion, we're gonna play us out with uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers, and you'll never walk alone. When you walk through a storm. Hold your head up high And don't be afraid of the dark At the end of a stone There's a golden sky and the sweet silver song of love Walk on through the wind Walk on through the rain
So I hope you all enjoyed that. You'll Never Walk Alone by Jerry and the Pacemakers, the fantastic Liverpool anthem that we all know and love. So, big thanks to the guys at the LFC Day Trippers, like we always say, Gav, Phil, all the lads over there who edit our podcasts on a, on a weekly basis. Don't forget to keep up to date with the No More Knives campaign. Uh, I know Paul done a 24-hour walk in, in aid of the No More Knives campaign last week. Um, he's doing lots of good things still over there and give your support to him as much as you possible. The hashtag No More Knives campaign. So thanks very much, Jay, for joining us. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic evening on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to it, mate. You know, as I say, it's going to be good to see all the lads and, you know, just a party atmosphere really, isn't it? Regardless of what happens in the game of football against Chelsea, of course you want to win the game. But, you know, win, lose or draw, it's all about after the match when we get our hands on that trophy. And, you know, as I say, I'm sure I'll share the tear. Yeah, I'm sure you will. And you and me both, it's it's going to be a... It's going to be a very special night, isn't it? So, yeah, thanks everybody for listening to our Liverpool versus Chelsea preview. Basically a preview of the uh, of the celebrations to come as well. And, yeah, thanks everybody for uh, taking the time to listen. And don't forget, if you want to leave any comments in the on our Twitter pages, on the Cop Table page, feel free to do that. We're always, uh, we're always going to reply to you and be thankful of that. So, yeah, thanks everybody for, for listening to the podcast and uh, we'll speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.